Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We are following Paul today uh, on Acts 18, and we see that he travels to Antioch and spends some time there. He is returning to places where he had experienced great hardship. He's been persecuted. There's been riots. He's been thrown into jail. He's been beaten in some of the places that he's traveling through. And he travels through this place in orderly sequence. I love the idea, orderly sequence, that we would have a, a sense of mission that does not deter, is not deterred by our small thinking or emotions that come and go. And we see Paul traveling through the Galatian country, and he is bringing strength. That is beautiful. We go through trials in our, in our lives. Paul went through incredible trials, and he has drawn great strength. He's seen great signs from God in the middle of all of that. He's had visions. God has spoken very directly to him. And as we go through trials, we have the opportunity to learn to listen to God, to listen to his voice. And that is something that we have to become attuned to. We have to practice. We have to be willing to listen. God is speaking and our ear becomes attuned. And then in the middle of trials, when we cry out for help and for strength, we hear him much more clearly. We go through trials and some around us that have gone through those before can lend us strength. And this is the case with Paul. He has endured the worst kinds of things and the Christians that he's talking to are also being persecuted. So he brings them strength so that they can endure their suffering and remain in the faith. We hear then about Apollo, a Jew of Alexandria, and there's a lot of descriptors about him. He's an eloquent speaker that arrives in Ephesus and Ephesus is a great place for um, Paul, he um, lived there, it was sort of a colony, a summer colony for Romans. And we hear Apollo is an authority in the scriptures. He was instructed in the way of the Lord, and he has an ardent spirit, spirit to speak and teaches accurately about Jesus. However, when he's speaking boldly in the synagogue, Aquila and Priscilla, who were companions of Paul traveling with him, We've heard about them in previous chapters that they were tent makers like Paul and that Paul had spent time in their house when they had left uh, Italy because they were being persecuted uh, by the Roman Empire. They're traveling with Paul now and they pull Apollo aside and they instruct him more accurately in the ways of the Lord. And I am deeply praying that the same spirit of correction and accuracy is one that I aspire to that through my community, through the teachers around me, through any of you, I can grow in my understanding of Jesus's way more accurately in that we come to express boldly like Apollo, the love and the enthusiasm of following Jesus's way. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit completes the pieces of what I speak in these podcasts and, and perfects it through his own action and understanding and adding whatever is missing on, on what I say. 
I continue weekly instruction through my church, and I recommend that you find that, that you find a way to go deeper in scriptures and that you find Bible studies where you can learn more about God's word. And I recommend two that I'm a part of right now. One is Paradisus Day, and they have a study called Choice Wine for Couples. And I'm doing that study weekly, and it's very recommendable because it has very practical connections for living scriptural teachings in your married life. And then I'm doing one with a group of women. For It's called Forward. It's a Bible, a weekly Bible study, and where women in the workplace, we meet early in the morning. So find a group with whom you can study. We see that Apollo continues on, that brothers are encouraging him. He has this bold spirit, and he allows himself to be corrected. He's a very learned man. We can all be instructed and in more to reflect more accurately, both in our lives and in our words, the message of Jesus. The psalm today is Psalm 47. God is king of all the earth. And I always enjoy in these psalms of Easter the words that are descriptive of, of a spirit of joy and enthusiasm. The words that we hear are clap your hands, shout with cries of gladness. And these are very useful things to do. We're looking to move emotions. When we clap our hands, we move the emotion, the energy of our body. And if we're feeling an emotion that is lower, that is bringing us down, clapping can be a very positive exercise in bringing us to a higher level of being. If we are actually clapping for the Lord, then we are adding our desire that this lower state of emotion can be funneled to a higher one. And shouting with cries of gladness is also an exercise that is helpful to move our emotions. Motion moves energy and shouting moves energy. When we feel within ourselves sometimes a cry of anxiety or angst, something within us that just feels like, like it's dragging us down. Shouting with cries of gladness can be also a beautiful way to move that energy, to move from one mental and emotional state to another. The psalm continues, The Lord, the Most High, the Awesome, is the Great King of all the earth. My invitation is that God is your platform and my platform of awesomeness. That is, that I can lay my life in that platform that is his hand, that I can rest comfortably there. And from there, I can undergo the trials of life because I can count on his constancy and his greatness. God is king of all the earth. The gospel today is John 16, verses 23 through 28. We've been hearing all through the Easter season that we can ask for whatever we need in Jesus' name of the Father, and he'll give it to us. And he repeats that again in today's gospel, saying that whatever we ask can complete our joy and that our Father is eager and willing to give it to us. I find that sometimes my petitions are too small. I crop who God is, and I make petitions that really don't recognize the greatness of God and the understanding that he is the great I am. So I invite you today to expand who you are feeling and thinking God is right now, 
to be bold in your petition, to increase your faith, because however large, big, amazing we think he is, is even much bigger than that. So let's be bold in our petitions. Don't let our petitions be trimmed or cropped by our lack of faith. Let our understanding be expanded. He says, Jesus says, the hour is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in figures, but I'll tell you clearly about the Father. He has been speaking throughout this high priest sermon that lasts several chapters in John in the Last Supper about love, how he's loved us, what a friend is, what laying one's life down is, that he's going to the Father, that he'll come back, that he is sending us a an advocate that will teach us whatever else is missing. And he repeats today that he is going to clearly tell us about the Father. And this contrasts with something he said a few days ago, that we weren't ready to receive everything he had to say. And there's this sort of circular movement within these chapters of John, as Jesus is asking within us to move that energy of our heart so that it can open, so that we stop thinking in a human way and start opening our minds and our hearts to his divine perspective. There is a time for everything under the sun. I've always enjoyed that from Ecclesiastes. And Jesus tells us today, I do not tell you that I'll ask the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. He is the Son of God, and he comes to tell us the bold and radical message of loving one another, which sounds beautiful, but in practice is very, very hard. Paul, in the Acts of the Apostles, shows a way of love. He traces his steps back towards Jerusalem, back to Ephesus, and he's going through places of hardship. And this can be as easy as waking up in the morning for us in the middle of the pandemic, where we are restricted in our abilities, in our mobilities, in our actions, in the places we can go, the people we can visit. And we can feel that we are stuck in time in activities that are a much smaller version of what we were used to doing. And we can find that within that, loving one another can be deeper because it cannot be wider. That means we can't do as many things, but we can do the things we are doing, which are smaller in number, maybe more carefully, more attentively, more compassionately, more delicately. And we can increase the quality of our interactions and in that way, uh, purify, filter our love, make it more simplified and more genuine and more transparent and more uh, and more present. So loving one another in the middle of the pandemic is a practice that can be also very difficult because we are all on top of each other and we can injure each other with our small thinking or a small talk or with our irritability irrit or feelings that come up that are frustrated as things are not working the way we were used to. Maybe there's a feeling of overwhelm. So let us expand the ability that we love by being more careful with each other and also expressing the things that we need, setting boundaries more firmly and more lovingly and more gently. We can be firm and gentle at the same time. That means we're clearing what we need and what we say but we say so 
compassionately, lovingly, and kindly. Let's love one another. We are beginning today nine days to Pentecost, and these are days for asking for the Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love.